This program contains adult content. Is there a God? A big atheist. Really? What am I, an idiot? Come on. But yes, it would be nice if you could throw your sins and your responsibilities on someone else. But it's not true. It looks like far left lunacy. I don't believe that it's true that religion is moral or ethical. You don't need to follow anybody. It's not human intelligence. If someone doesn't value logical consistency, what logical argument are you going to give them that will demonstrate that they should? Welcome to the Godless Revolution. Today is Monday, July 31st. Of two of 2017. You are correct, sir. This time. It'll be that way the rest of the year, I think. At least part of it. For at least half. Yeah. Well, no, less than half. Mm-hmm. True. Because this is the seventh month. Yeah, but it's the very last day of it, the seventh month, so. Yeah. We have like four more months. What? Right? Four more months. Five. There's 12. Oh, yeah, through Plus. December. <laughs> All the way through it. <laughs> so, so I'm, well, 12, I'm, 12 minus 8 is 4 is what I was doing, but months don't work that way because you have to go through it. Yeah. yeah. Oh, okay. Yep. I got you. I'm Dan Ellis, joined in studio by Ryan. Ryan Duffy. Just Ryan. Just Ryan. Only Ryan. Rape, no one else. Rape and Ryan is here. Porn stash Rape. Duffy. Stash and more You still ink. have the porn stash. How oh, long yeah. are you going to keep it? Uh, until it gets annoying. <laughs> it's so, already annoying. Well, to you or to other people? Yeah. <laughs> Both. <laughs> we, I find it annoying, so it's time to shave. <laughs> and, of course, the the misanthrope is here. I am. I am here today. <laughs> Mr. Mister Matt Mitchell. And we are joined in studio by Mithrin. Yay. Yay. <laughs> Very glad to be here. <laughs> this is your second appearance on the show, I think? Yeah. I think second, yeah. 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 Glad to be back. Yeah, it was a lot of fun when we had you on the show last time. And I have to get a drop from you this time because you're here in studio and I forgot last time while you were here and have been kicking myself ever since. So remind me when we're all done that I need to do that. Get the drop. Yes. All right. All right. Yes. Uh, so what did you guys do over the last week? Ryan? I, I got tattooed and went and listened to music. Yeah. What? What? Well, yeah. yeah well, I know you got your tattoos. That's Yeah. It's still working on that. I went to Snow Basin for their blues, brews, and barbecue oh, yesterday. Oh, Good. Yeah? It was a little warmer out than I thought, hey, let's go up in the mountains where it's not as hot. And I'm like, it's so fucking hot up here. Not as overbearingly <laughs> hot. It was still, yeah, it was really hot when yeah. I went camping, too. Uh, how many more sessions have you got on your tat? Uh, one, possibly two, to bring it all the way up into here. Yeah. So the next session is going to be uh, doing all the highlights, finishing off the astronaut, getting all the stuff in between. And then going as far up as we can in six hours. The the DNA, the double helix looks really cool, man. Mm -hmm. I, I like th that. I think it's unique and interesting. I don't think I've seen anyone else do a double helix and stars inside of the Yeah. Well, now everybody's going to do it because you just said it. Yeah, but I'll be the original. <laughs> Trendsetter. Because we're all made of star stuff. Well, and I saw your Instagram deal. Was that the foamy shit you were telling us about? That cream, whatever? That, that, he... well, that, that numbs your arm? Yeah. Yeah, that's what that stuff was. Huh. So that was right at the end. He put it on. I'm like, couldn't you put it on about an hour ago? <laughs> <laughs> well, and it, it showed that it was all on there, and then he wiped it off. And when it showed that it was all on there, I was like, 
that's a weird looking tattoo because you couldn't really tell until he wiped it off and I was like, yeah. oh, that's really cool. Yeah, he likes to do that to give people a little bit of reveal online of the yeah. work. So That was really nice. It looks good. Yeah. I'm digging it. And what did you do over the last week? You went to like Powell. Uh, yeah, I just got back from Powell. It and was how did fucking hot. Yeah. It was real hot down there. Yeah. Well, what were the temps like? Uh, 100 plus, yeah, I'm guessing. 100 plus, I don't know exactly. Yeah. It just felt real hot. And you said- I know the water was 81. Oh, yeah? So that's, that's very nice. Yeah. That's a fucking bathtub, man. I know. It was it was nice. <laughs> and you said that it all went pretty well except for- Yeah, so uh, I spent a lot of time getting everything on my boat ready because uh-huh. it's old and kind of finicky. And so some of the- like the trailer, the trailer straps are like chain hinge clamps that you can only adjust- one link at a time. So if the yeah. boat is in a slightly different spot on the trailer, when you retrieve it, then it might be so loose that it just falls off. So you have to try ah. to adjust it a full link and then yeah, it's too geez. tight or whatever. Stupid. Yeah. So I got rid of those, put uh ratchet straps that ran down underneath and a uh, bunch of other shit. I did some adjustments on the carburetor and uh, the choke. And so it ran a little bit leaner. It was a little bit smoky and stuff. It's a 66 Johnson engine. So, Anyway, did all that, loaded all the gear and stuff, which was nice because we had a lot more room in the vehicle to drive down because all the stuff was in the boat. And uh, anyway, got down there, backed it into the water, and I didn't I didn't prime the gas line, which whatever, but still fired right up. So I was like, sweet. So they pulled the trailer out. I put around to the dock, and my father-in-law comes back down, and he's like, dude, you are really pitching in the, he's like, is this the load or what's going on? And then he walks up and he's like, there's a fucking shitload of water in the boat. Did you forget the plug? Oh, no. And I'm like, what the fuck? So I get, and there's all the, all the gear is in there. So I couldn't see in the, like we had this in tube that was all this tube to pull that was all inflated. So I couldn't see. So I started moving. It was fucking full, dude. There was like, oh, there was like 14 no. inches of water in the back of the boat. Coming You're freaking out thinking, down. oh my God, my boat's going to sink. Yeah, it was sinking, no doubt. <laughs> so, so, and I'm turned the wrong way, and I'm like in ten feet of water, probably, uh-huh. which is better than out in the middle of the lake. Yeah. But so I jumped to the dock and kicked the front end of the boat around, and then jumped back in and start swimming it to the ramp. <laughs> and I finally got it to in about four feet before the motor actually hit bottom and water was just over the back end of the boat. Like it was flowing freely. It was so far down on that side. And, uh, yeah. So some old guys like, do you forget your drain plug? And I'm like, fuck, (laughs) (laughs) how do you forget the fucking drain plug? Oh, I've, I've had a friend do it and he got halfway out in the lake and he realized I'm sinking. Yeah. I had to race back to the dock. Yeah. That's what he said. He's like, what you need to do is just get in it and start running it around out there and force all the, I'm like, fucking no, dude, I'm in four feet of water. It's fine. It's not going any further down. I'm not going to take it out into 300 feet of water. (laughs) (laughs) And, uh, so yeah, so we just had to. I had him back the my father in law back the trailer down and then connect the winch and pull it up as far as I could and then have him back down to push the boat further in the water so some more would come up and then winch it up and we finally did finally got it and drained it out and then put it back in. Wow. And with it, the plug. With the plug. <laughs> and it never fucking started again. Oh, oh no. So it was cranking and then the next day when I tried it, thinking, okay, well it'll all be dry and stuff. 
I tried it in the morning and it cranked and it wanted to fire. It's, it's like two seconds maybe. And I'm like, okay, we got it. And then after that, it just clicked nothing. Mm. The, the solenoid or the starter or something. So yeah. So I had all my shit pulled out of the engine compartment sitting there. And so like the next day I go walking by to grab my fishing poles and I'm like, holy fucking shit. That gas tank is like round. It's like a rectangle gas tank that slides under the engine compartment. It was like fucking swollen round because it's sitting in the sun. I'm like, fuck, that's supposed to be covered. None of that's covered. So I jump in there, open the gas tank, and it's like, like so loud. And so I'm like, God. So I'm trying to wedge it back down in there. And every time I move it slightly and shake it, it just blows back up again. (laughs) It was so volatile. And I'm like, fuck. So- uh, I'm, I don't know what to do because now it won't fit back in there. Every time I try to move it, it just swells up again. So I'm like trying to jam it so I can get it in the shade. And then all of a sudden I look down and I'm like, my engine compartment's filling again. And I'm like, where the fuck is this water coming from? And I'm like, that's fucking gas. <laughs> my fucking corner of the thing ruptured. So I'm like, Brandon, get over here. <laughs> so oh, I rip it out of there. I put the rag over it so it's not spewing into the lake. Unhook the fuel line. And I'm like, Brandon, go throw this on the beach real quick. So he throws that up there and I try to cover all my other gas cans and that just poured out onto the, into the sand and then I buried it later. But yeah, so <laughs> I mean, what else was that? You know, uh, so another reason why I like kayaks. <laughs> yeah. Kayaks are, are fun. Damn. So anyway, I should so. buy a boat. That's, that's, <laughs> yeah. Yeah. Mm-hmm. yeah. If this didn't sell you on it, I don't know what will. Yeah. Yep. It was just a domino effect. I mean, if I would have remembered the fucking drain plug, none of yeah. that would have been fine. It would have been, you know, the whole thing would have gone just to plan. Just that one little thing. And... Yep. I mean, Your for, for someone who does fun. not own a boat and does not go on the water frequently, it seems like my anxiety would, the first thing I'd check is whether that boat's going to sink. Mm-hmm. Just, just saying. Yep. Yep. And that's one of the worst parts about it is I was just <laughs> sitting there at the dock fucking not even paying attention just like maybe i'll put on a podcast while i'm waiting (laughs) didn't even fucking notice and nobody else said anything there's a ton of people walking by and nobody's like hey your boat has water on the inside nobody said it everybody just walking by going i guess he's doing his own thing maybe it's Maybe his boat is supposed to do that. Yeah, so. it's just really t- he, that guy's is, is, heavier than he looks. Is, is he looking for an insurance claim? <laughs> he looks lonely. Maybe this is just. Uh, I don't he's have to insure go that down boat. With the ship. I don't know. I don't. You don't have to insure that boat. <laughs> oh, anyway, man. so that was fun. That that sounds like <laughs> so an adventure. We caught zero fish. Oh yeah, yeah. Because I didn't have my boat. <laughs> So, so what, we're, did you do, what did you guys do the whole time? Well, I mean, they had that? a ski boat and they were, you know, tubing and surfing oh, and doing all that, but I couldn't yeah. just like go do what I wanted to do and go, go fish around. I, my trolling motor still worked, but in the main channel, that thing is hairy as fuck, dude. When, Cause ski boats don't care. They'll drive 10 yards from oh, you. Yeah. yeah. And if you can't turn it, you know, hit the throttle a little bit and power through those waves, or if they hit you broadside, you're fucking done. So. Damn. Anyway, it was sketchy. Well, that sucks, man. Yeah. Sorry. It's all good. That's a bummer. Uh, we had the we had the seventh annual, I want to say, Atheist of Utah camping trip. That was a lot of fun. I went to Black Hawk. Black Hawk <laughs> Campground. Uh, Black Hawk Campground? Yeah, Black Hawk Gramp Campground. Okay. <laughs> uh, out near Payson. And that was a lot of fun. It was still really hot up there. We were yeah. we were at like eight thousand feet, and near Payson, it was still 
It's just hot all over the state right now. 90 degrees mm-hmm. out there. But the interesting thing was that when we arrived and started setting things up, the the camp host came over and, you know, it's the, they usually have older people who are working in the campground who sell firewood, tell people to keep it down, you know, put toilet paper in the bathrooms, all that kind of stuff. And he came over and was talking to us, giving us the rules for the campground and everything. And he said, well, this should be an interesting weekend. We got you guys, the Atheists of Utah, here in the group site. And every other site in the whole campground is taken up by the All Reds. (laughs) And for those of you who may not know, the All Reds are a large polygamist clan here in the state of Utah. They're part of the Apostolic United Brethren. And I believe we were talking pre-show. I think they are who the show Big Love is based on. Um, they're, they, they don't wear prairie dresses and have big hair and all of that kind of stuff. It's, you know, they're, they're much more modern. They blend into modern society. Yeah. Um, but we ended up having, having three or four of the elders, the elders, I guess, from the All Red Clan come (laughs) over and talk to us. Had a conversation with them for about an hour. That was pretty interesting. Um, Focused primarily on separation of church and state issues. Uh, the I think the the coolest part of the in, of the not the interview the, <laughs> the discussion. <laughs> coolest part of the discussion was um, when you sank your boat. <laughs> <laughs> you sank my battleship. <laughs> the, they that they one of the guys brought one of his wives and I think three of their children over. They were all gingers, so uh, so I didn't feel quite so alone. <laughs> <laughs> but uh, you know, he, we were talking, and and I said, you know, we're we're all about you can believe whatever. You, so they they wanted to come and talk to us because they didn't know what an, an atheist was. They'd never really talked to one, didn't really know what we believed or anything like that. So we had this kind of intro, you know, introduction to atheism or atheism one on one. You know, this is what an atheist is. Mm-hmm. Uh, why we reject the God claim. Well, it's uh, definitely a lot cooler that they came over to investigate and actually talk to you versus just saying, well, those people are horrible, dirty right. heathens over there. And- right, yeah. And they were super friendly, really nice, cordial. Uh, we had a great conversation with them. Um, they didn't, they didn't proselytize. They didn't, that's not, at least that's, whether that was their goal or not, they didn't end up doing any of that. That's cool. Um, yeah. That's cool. Yeah. Just had a nice open conversation with them and uh, focused on, like I said, separation of church and state. and Which is something that you'd think any of the various uh, polygamous groups would would advocate for quite a bit, right? There's a lot of laws on the books uh, specifically targeted towards polygamous mm-hmm. uh, as well as all sorts of – yeah, reasons that predominant religions being able to control government might rub them the wrong way, uh, just right. locally. Yeah. Yeah. Well, and it, one of the guys at one point uh, made a comment about, you know, well, it's it's nice to come and be able to meet you and, and learn more what an atheist is and, you know, not just go off of what other people may say. And I'm like, oh, yeah, exactly. And I said, and I'm sure you guys run, run into that all the time, you mm-hmm. know, that you as a group of polygamists get lumped in with every other kind of polygamist, you know, with the Warren Jeffs of the world and, and things like that. And he's like, oh, yeah, yeah, we get kind of tired of that. But 
at one point in the discussion, uh, you know, somebody asked him what, what made their religious beliefs any different than mainstream Mormonism or any of the other polygamist sects. And he said that they don't believe in forcing anybody to follow it. They don't marry underage girls. You know, there's no, there's no creepy weirdness like that. Um, they're a little more all, ethical. Yeah. Well, according to them. Yeah. You know, and, yeah. And they certainly seem that way. And like I said, he brought one of his wives and some of their younger kids. And, and he said, you know, we don't want to force our beliefs on it, our beliefs on anybody else. We don't have, uh, illegal underage marriages. There's nothing like that that goes on. Uh, we try to allow our members to follow us willingly and, and to choose to, and to choose this lifestyle and to choose to live by the principle of plural marriage rather than forcing it on anybody. And he said, you know, one of my daughters is no longer in the faith. Another one of my daughters is, you know, has joined the mainstream uh, LDS faith. So I like to think that, you know, we, we're, we're, we're very much into free agency and free will and, and being able to allow people to choose whether they want to believe or not. And so, of course, I brought it up and said, well, do you think it's, do you think that people are actually able to exercise free will when making a choice of religion when they are steeped from birth in a particular set of religious beliefs? You know, if that's, if that's what they've grown up in and been taught their entire lives, is it something that they can actually freely choose? Because they're unaware of all of the other mm -hmm. options that, that may be available to them. This, this is all that they've ever known. Do you think that really affords them a free choice? And I was really surprised when he just said, you know, that's a really good question. <laughs> but yeah, we had a great discussion. Yeah. It was, it was really interesting. Yeah, that sounds like a more of a, a rarity when it comes to discussions with yeah. some of the more I, like they are they lean more towards the extremer sides of some of the religions, but it seems like they were quite open to other ideas. Yeah, and they all they all seemed just friendly as hell. I mean, anytime they had to drive past, we were at the mouth of the loop, mm -hmm. so you know, anytime they went to their camp or were coming or going, they had to drive past us. We've got the atheists of Utah big banner flag and little A-frame out there, and they'd smile and wave. And now, how much of your beer went missing after they left? <laughs> <laughs> well, that was the other thing too. Like, like we said, so you know, I know some polygamist sects will allow members to smoke and drink and have coffee and that kind of stuff. I said because you know Joseph Smith did that kind of stuff also, and they all they all just kind of looked at each other and like. Some people choose to, but you know, for the most part we don't and we didn't we didn't really get into any any particulars of their theological teachings mm -hmm. or beliefs or anything. It was mainly just like we're all people kind of yeah. thing. Yeah. All right. So if this were the reverse, right? Yeah. And and this one person was really rude, and all the other members of the Apostolic United Brethren would probably say something like well, you can't judge the whole faith based on one person. What right, do you think the odds right. are that this was just a really open member of that community and and that 99 out of the the 100 would uh, would have gone like, atheist, oh no. What, what, what do you think? Is it? I think it, probably pretty good considering he's the one that walked over. Yeah, okay, fair enough. <laughs> <laughs> just just Googling really quickly of uh, uh, United Apostolic Brethren and Sex Abuse. I mean, there's there's a couple. 
uh, of of things. So it's been an issue, I guess, before with with teens. But I have to say, there's fewer <laughs> than with Many, most of my fewer, searches. Yeah. Yeah, yeah. So. But yeah, it was interesting. I I was going to read more about them when I got home, but as with all Crazy. things, I'm always busy and. And I have all these grand designs on things that I want to do or like would like to do that just never come to fruition because I'm doing other things or I just fall asleep because I'm fucking tired. <laughs> Naps are good. Yeah. This is New Name Noah, and you're listening to The Godless Revolution. Mormonism, God love it. It does take crazy to a whole new level. I mean, all religions are magic tricks. Mormonism is just a particularly bad novelty shop level intelligence insulting magic trick. This religion is so ridiculous, Tom Cruise would not join it, and Glenn Beck did. I want to talk more with Mithrin about, about progressive deism. Okay. What does that mean? We could, we, we could start with asking what I did over the weekend. That's probably a good... A good okay, yeah. Let's yeah. do that. What did you do over the weekend? So over the weekend, I actually spoke at Stun- Sunstone. Uh, oh, nice. Which which doesn't exactly play into this, but we'll get there in a second. Uh, but I spoke on epistemological guardianship, which uh, just the idea of how we know what we know, and uh, I took a, a a professional aspect to it. I had a a company I worked for a while back where there was a, a vice president who had this very firm belief that was completely wrong. And we threw hundreds of thousands of dollars and <laughs> bought millions of dollars of products and did all sorts of things uh, based on this belief. And, and when he came, he brought the idea to us. We're like, I don't, I don't think it's going to be that big a deal. And, uh, and his reply was, well, I, I'm speaking on it in two months. So figure out how it is a big deal. Uh, and and it, it, it struck me how similar that was. You need to justify was. this for me. Yeah, to the uh, the I already have this belief, so you have to now go and find evidence to back up my belief yeah. that uh, that happens so frequently with with apologetics. I was basically an apologist for this guy's idea, <laughs> and then uh, and then he started to file a patent on it, and that's just dug it in deeper. Mm-hmm. And uh, after after five hundred thousand dollars and and five months of building out the database structure and putting it all together, uh, it was worth about five hundred dollars a year. So uh, not not the best use of time and effort. And I thought, how did we get into this? And that led to to the presentation at Sunstone on how do companies get into these things? Because it happens and it happens frequently. And it's really similar to uh, getting yourself con- like set in a belief and ignoring the evidence. Uh, you know, one of the things that uh, we talked about was uh, confirmation bias mm-hmm, mm-hmm. and that just because you know what confirmation bias is and you got the list of fallacies up here, <laughs> which I love on the wall. <laughs> oh, thank uh, you. Yeah. But but just because you know that there's the word confirmation bias or that most humans have it, we will f- walk off the cliff like Wile E. Coyote, uh, like anyone else. And you almost have to have someone else check you on your data. So. Yeah. Uh, we talked a little bit about uh, A/B testing and and putting your ideas to the test and and how to look into data to find when you are off balance and that sort of thing. And it seemed like it was a well received uh, talk. But the week before, I went walking in the woods uh, up here on in Murray Canyon. Um, I forget Grandier Peak. I think was the was the walk. 
And uh, my entire group left me, except for one guy. <laughs> like left you behind. Left like me behind. They just yeah. you know, they're going, assholes. and I am I'm not a big hiker. We do this a lot, and you're holding us back. That is exactly <laughs> what happened. That is exactly. Uh, they're like, "Did you bring water?" I'm like, "No." They're like, "This is a long hike." I'm like, "Okay." Do you have shoes? Yeah. <laughs> oh crap! Well, I don't Did know I what those? I'm doing. Or... So anyway, we started walking, and uh, and the guy I got left behind with was a Mormon. Uh, not just a Mormon, but someone who had been reformed. He had left the church, gotten divorced. Oh, not a reformin. Had, yeah, reformin. <laughs> that's right. And uh, and had gone into an alcohol binge and now was back on the straight and narrow. And here I am in my current situation. And, uh, and, and you know, we just started walking. And at one point, uh, you know... We'll we'll do this in in demarcations along the trail. We get to this giant rock sort of feature, and he finally works it up to say, "Now, are you one of those of the God sort or the not God sort?" I'm like, <laughs> well, well, that's weird. I'm a little different, uh, so I'm a progressive deist, and of course, he has never heard of what this idea even means. So I will explain it for those of you who do not know. Because uh, it's not a common term, but if you want to picture it, I think the most clear I can give for the nerd anyway out there in the audience, if you picture Star Trek The Next Generation and Q, right, and how Picard like stands up over and over again, even though he is this all-powerful being and says, we're humans and we're going to do this ourselves. That's the basic idea behind progressive deism, that there is maybe this God out there, but there's no guarantee he's good. There is no verification that he has our best will in his heart or or that he or she or it uh, has any sort of caring. And and I think this is going to go kind of like this over the next little bit. Most of your your listeners are going to think, this guy's crazy. Why do they have him on? <laughs> and then we're going to get about mm, a third the way through, and they're going to go like, oh, he's just another atheist. Like, there's not that much difference. And then mm-hmm. we're going to get to the last bit, and they're going to go, he's brilliant. So I, I hope <laughs> that we can get through to that, that end. I'm not trying to convince anyone to be a progressive deist, uh. but – there's a particular aspect that I think is really <laughs> useful for getting around some of the common arguments. I think we might want to hit that have. confirmation bias thing again a little bit real <laughs> quick here. <laughs> also possibly true. So anyway, here we go. Um, so as I was walking along with him, uh, I, I explained that basic uh, definition of, of progressive deism. And he did something which which I think any good Mormon would do at that point. And I don't mean to pick on the Mormons exclusively. I'll do that. But... <laughs> Uh, but this was the experience and, and I've got, uh, several more from, from various Christians we'll get into in a second, but, uh, he, he bore his testimony to me. Mm. You know, I know that oh, I God hate that loves so much. you. Like you tell an, L- you tell an LDS person that you were LDS and you no longer believe or whatever. And all of a sudden they have to tell you, well, I just think that's so sad because heavenly father loves you. And I know that this church and they start yeah. doing their whole fucking testimony spiel. It's like, no, 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 it's just fucking stop right now. I don't want to hear it. <laughs> I know where you're going with this, <laughs> but he did, he did uh, tailor it a little bit for me. He said, I know the universe has a plan for you. I said, what does that mean? What does it mean? The universe has a plan for me. Like if I were just to leap off this cliff and break my leg, was that part of the universe's plan? Universe is a dick. 
<laughs> like if I was born in Ethiopia, we would not be having this conversation. No. I would be dead already. So, yeah, yeah. so what sort of plan does the universe have? And, and this kind of tripped him up for a while. We continued to walk and, and talk about how beautiful nature was and so forth. And then it went back to how he had this period where he was bitter and he was angry oh, yeah, at God yeah. and he had to recover. So he totally understood where I was coming from. I was once like you and now look at how much better I am. Yeah. <laughs> I was like, okay, okay, I get you. I, I hear where you're coming from, but uh, I don't know that I'm that bitter. I just think we can do better than God as a people together. If we put our heads and say, what is good for us? We will come up with a better system than any of the organized religions. I think that we could do that. And he thought about that for a second and he said uh, something along the lines of, um, well, but God really, you know, he, he's looking out for us and he wants us. And I said, here's my evidence to the, to the contrary, okay? If you go to Jerusalem, right, you're going to go on your pilgrimage and, and you're Mormon, you're Christian, Jerusalem has a whole lot of meaning, you want to walk where Christ walked. And, uh, and you go over to the Wailing Wall. It's not that far from where Christ was buried and it's where all the Jews, that's, that's their main mm-hmm. place. It's a big deal. And you can throw a football almost and, and hit into deep in Christian territory. Yeah, real and, Jewy over there. And if you, <laughs> <laughs> a lot of black hats going yeah. up and down on that. I don't know that they'd be throwing the pigskin around so much. <laughs> Probably though. not the pigskin. Uh, perhaps the wrong thing to use, or maybe the right one considering where I'm going with this. But if you were to turn around the other way and throw that same football or pigskin, uh, you would hit the Dome of the Rock. It's only about a football field away if you were, you know, uh, what's his name? Aaron Rodgers? Sure, I'll take it. Uh <laughs> Then, then you might be able to get that football all the way over there and, and bonk it on the Dome of the Rock, which is the main place of the Muslim. What is a better indication that God is just playing with us <laughs> than that these huge amounts of, of uh, uh, people all are fighting over this tiny bit of square feet? And, with you know, these wildly, wildly significant portions or these wildly significant – uh, relics or idols locations mm-hmm. for their yeah. particular set of religious beliefs. That's right. And That's right. literally violent differences. Oh, yeah. 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 yeah like, much more of a Q God. Right, right. I, I'm bored. I want to do something. You know what? <laughs> yeah, capricious. Hey, and- hey, you boy. Yeah, yeah, yeah. You in the farm, farm, farm thing. Yeah, you. There's gold plates in your backyard, man. <laughs> <laughs> Right. Uh, in the middle of the Burdover district. What am I going to do next? Oh, 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 I got it. I got it. Hey, uh, uh, this this thing, this is an angel, and it's got a sword. You got to take someone else's wife. <laughs> right. <laughs> you got to take someone else's wife right now. You, it's right now in this era. You know, I, I, and I, I guess this kind of comes from, you know, I was raised Mormon, LDS, and uh, and people would come with these crazy stories at, uh, at Fast and Testimony meeting about meeting the three Nephites or <laughs> – uh, I had one guy who bore testimony of donuts. Uh, these these <laughs> extreme of, of how delicious they are. Or? No, it was his son got <laughs> a so job in a donut store, and uh. so that he knew that the church was true because he'd prayed something and whatever. The point is, is that hmm. you know this this sort of outlandish storytelling. Um, be, uh, you had to, to buy into it. And so it's my natural kind of disposition to buy into the crazy story and say, okay, I totally believe the story you just told. God did that. But what does that say about God's character? Let's just think about that for yeah. a second. Would God really want, like, if all the people in the world, all the things to do with his three immortal Jewish Native Americans, 
he wants to change your spare tire in the middle of I-15. Like, does that seem <laughs> like, convince me what's your evidence or, give me something here or if they would have been born in Italy then you know this guy would have had a cannoli testimony sure absolutely <laughs> I mean what? in New York a knish right it's, yeah. it's all the same fried bread right so um, anyway uh, going along with, with the walk a little bit further uh, you know I, I explained about the, the different locations and how that to me said that God may not have our best interest at heart. And I said, you know, if, if you were to die and, and you've done everything right your whole life, and that led to him going on for a good 15 minutes about how he didn't do everything yeah, right in sure, life, sure, of yeah, course, because sure. we have to go through that. But I'll spare all of you. Uh, and, and you did everything right. You show up and he says, you're still damned. You're still going to go to the lesser kingdom or hell or outer darkness, mm -hmm. whatever you want to call it. And I've got a great article on my blog, by the way, of who goes to outer darkness. Uh, if you ever wondered, I've got all the quotes and no, I still have no idea by the end of it, but no women. I was able to figure that out. <laughs> really? Not a no single, women go to outer darkness. That Brigham Young had a direct quote that no women will go to outer darkness. So ladies, you're safe. Huh. Uh, huh. I, I, apparently you get saved by marrying men and scooped up to celestial kingdom. You're very welcome, I guess. Well, anyway, I mean, that basically means they can do whatever they want. They can go murder and absolutely uh, deny the Holy Ghost a thousand times, and as long as you're willing to to put out for uh, Brigham Young, you're fine. Oh shit! So it's like just full of a bunch of Jews and I guess Hitler. I, I guess <laughs> Sidney Rigdon, I think, is probably there, and oh, Emma right. Smith, uh, maybe uh, the only woman because you know Brigham. Uh, anyway. Uh, I, I'm off track. But the point is, uh, whatever kingdom you think the people go down to or hell or whatever, the bad uh, place, yeah. you get sent there and you feel it's unjust. But but doesn't the scriptures actually describe this scenario, right? There are those who, who cast out devils in Jesus' name. And at the end of life, they're standing there. Jesus says, you know, uh, they say, Lord, Lord, did we not cast out devils in thy name? And I never knew you. Off you go. Mm -hmm. How do you know that you're not one of them? Right. And, you know, silence. We walk along for a good while. Keep walking. Finally, I'm just, I'm beat. I am done. I am not going to make the rest <laughs> of this hike. I'm like, I got to turn back around. And to the guy's credit, I mean, like any good, solid Mormon man uh, or woman, uh, he didn't leave me. He didn't abandon me. He turns back around with me. He sends the hikers up to go inform the others. Like he, <laughs> mm -hmm. He's a good guy. And, and I think this is what gets me upset the most uh, about about religions that, that draft good people and then kind of twist them in the way that we're just about to hear. Uh, so we're on our way down and finally we take a break for a minute and he finally says, you know, I just know it's true. Sure. Uh, no, sorry. Sorry. Before he said that, he says, it's, I think it's just important that you don't step on other people's religions. It's really, uh, I, he gives this whole speech, <sighs> you know, another 15 minute worth of walk on how I shouldn't decry anyone else's religion. And then he says, I just want you to know I know it's true. So the gears, the the, the wheels were spinning for 30 minutes up the, the last leg and back down. Couldn't come up with an argument. So it's right back to the testimony and right. or personal attack. Right. And, and I just say, you know, I get what you're saying and I respect it because I was there. But at the same time, when you say I know it's true, you can't logically say anything else but all the others are false. Right. Mm -hmm. in, in fact, even in your scriptures, like when Jesus comes and talks to Joseph Smith, he says all the other creeds are an abomination before me. That's a not just kind of light language. That's what you're saying when you say it's true. And I appreciate you saying we shouldn't step on each other's religions. 
But every time you bear testimony, you're you, doing exactly yeah, that. Yeah. I just know that the universe has a plan for you and God loves you. <laughs> mm. Now, I've explained that to me, God is Satan, right? That I basically <laughs> believe that he's up there, two sock puppets. And he comes down with the Jesus sock puppet and he's like, if you come worship me, I will give you blessings. And then he comes down with the, the Satan one. He's like, if you don't worship him, I'm going to eat you. And then he laughs and he can get people to do whatever he wants. <laughs> right. And, and here he's saying, you know, I know God loves you. It's It's – Deeply, like, do you not understand anything I'm saying? And and this is and the answer is no. He does not. Right, right. <laughs> um, now you might say, well, this sounds a lot like a lot of the atheist arguments. I think a lot of atheist arguments actually end up being progressive deist ones, right? Or vice versa. Or vice versa. If you uh, if you <laughs> argue anything about uh, like, what if we are all in a simulation? Mm-hmm. That that's a progressive deism. God is imperfect. He might know. Um, nothing about our actual what would be best for us. And I might argue strongly f- that the whole put all the religions in one area, that sure looks like something I would do in an A-B test to my poor people who are on my website <laughs> uh, to see how they react. Uh, or or uh, what's another good solid um, argument that comes up a lot? Things like um, – Morality? Yeah. Uh, that uh, – we all have this sort of innate morality, but then you have some people whose moralities are just shifted from others and you can kind of manipulate that. It also kind of looks like this this overarching test or where someone could use, again, with the sock puppets to mm-hmm. manipulate. And that so many of the religions use these sorts of techniques. And I'm going to go again. Mormonism is what I know best. Uh, but we might go with one of the, uh, the, the things that Warren Jeff said. I don't know the apostolic brethren quite as well. But uh, but we might go with something like, um, you know, I know that they they mailed kittens in concrete blocks to oh. teach people when they left the church. Uh, there's the you've you've killed this kitten. This kitten died because you left the church. And <laughs> Jeez, it, that's, that's pretty what? fucked up. Yeah, this is this comes from the uh, on Netflix. There's the uh, the Sons of Perdition uh, okay. uh, video. They talk a little bit about mailing a kit that they they didn't get a kitten mailed to them. Thank goodness. But that was something that they did before, and they they had been this better religion because of it. And I look at that and go, if you believe that God would, would kill a kitten, literally kill a kitten because you didn't believe in him, this is not a good God anymore, you know, or Joseph Smith, uh, as I've already mentioned before with the, uh, the drawn sword, you have to go marry another man's wife right now. Mm. And at Sunstone, I was, I gave my, my little presentation on the ex Mormon subreddit. We had the mods there. We talked about why it's important to be anonymous online and how, People are scared to ask questions in Sunday school that they can go on here with this just thin layer of being anonymous and ask a question that they had always wanted to know. Uh, what was the one that was asked? One of you asked before. Oh, uh, is it the, the Joseph, I mean, uh, Joseph Smith's like him or a family member that might have accidentally drowned have, and it was rescued. Right, right. And, and if you brought that up in Sunday school, you'd get like that hushed moment where everyone like stares around at each other like. What, <laughs> We're not uh, supposed to talk about that, right? right. Yeah, <laughs> we have a strict lesson plan and we don't deviate. That's right. Down from the leaders of the church. You know, I, I, was, I was at uh, a girls camp meeting and they went to the Q&A section and I asked a question. And there was this moment of like gas, like, because <gasps> someone actually asked a question and they weren't prepared <laughs> for the moment, but they did, they handled it well. Don't get me wrong. But I actually got an angry email from someone that I dared to ask a question during the Q&A section. Dear sir, I am not a crackpot, but. 
Who is a crackpot, but Probably most of your listeners think I am at this point. But uh, uh, so. Sounds fine so far. So I gave the, uh, the this whole talk about uh, being anonymous and the importance of it. And then this this apologist came up afterwards and was just kind of chomping at the bit to talk to me. And an hour later, we are still discussing the importance of having an angel with a drawn sword show up and how this was, you know, they were all going to be damned. You had to do this. And I'm like, of all the things that you could give instruction with this uh, uh, by force, right? An angelic, like lightsaber, whatever it was. Uh, maybe that's a good topic to get into is-, is uh, Well, it wasn't even just a drawn, it was a it was on fire. No, right? no, nope. just a drawn sword, just oh. a drawn sword. The fiery, we add that with our own minds, but all oh. the sources only say drawn. Uh. So it was uh. on a piece of paper. That's right. With sketches. Yeah. No, if I'm you, gonna draw a sword. If we have time, we should get into the uh, the technology levels of Satan. That's one of my favorite nutty Mormon bits. But uh, <laughs> but let's get back to uh, so so of all the things, that's the one that has to happen. Um, and I look at that and say, if the, I will totally accept your premise, right? You can believe whatever you want. I will take that. But that, what does that say about God if He is? Well, let's just take the example, right? Let's say that your local congregation leader had a man who was married and a woman who was married and forced them to marry someone else in a secret ceremony by sword point. What would we call that? Well, it's, it's rape, it's, right? It's, oh, I was going to say it's some kind of shotgun wedding but yeah, with well, a sword. No. <laughs> if, if they're already married, yeah, shotgun wedding, like there's a force aspect. Yeah. Certainly consent yeah. is gone. Right. Yeah. And and why would he do this? You'd be like, that's a creepy guy, right? And and I I don't say this lightly because my mother was proposed to. I think I went on this about this the last time I was here, to be a man's fifth wife, and uh, and she had to turn him into the church, and and she got called in for the disciplinary council and <laughs> gave testimony, and and he uh, he ended up molesting both his sons and daughters and uh, died up in the in the penitentiary. Um. So so this sort of thing. To say that this had to be done by this – to me, it says God is a rapist. It takes the blame mm -hmm. from Joseph Smith and his decisions and turns it to God, which is slightly offensive. It should be to the, yeah. to the believers. But to me, I'm like, okay, fine. He's, he's a rapist. But why do you worship him then? Like, yeah. whoa. Well, because we There's, don't understand God's ways, you see it. Right, They're right. They're mysterious, <laughs> yeah. yeah. But that doesn't mean we can't do better. Anyway. Uh, <laughs> I totally agree. So, I, I, yeah, I think he's a monster. Yeah, if he exists. If he exists. So, well, yeah. the 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 one that they write about is a monster. Yeah. Well, yeah. Right. And you get to any claim of uh, of any religion at some point. So I've 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 uh, this friend. What who do you is, mean? If he exists, come on. <laughs> <laughs> friend who is an ex Catholic, right? And we go down and discuss back and forth about, about the weirdness of the Catholic religion and the transubstantiation. It literally becomes the, uh, the flesh of Christ and all that. And, and finally, at some point, I'm like, what does that say about God that he's like, yeah, no, take a piece of me. Just, yeah. just chew on it. Mm. Like every time it comes down to what does this say about God's nature, and you have to go to the – well, it's mysterious. It's this wonderful thing. Mm -hmm. It's this – and it uh, – it becomes hard for me, but I can't go all the way to the atheist side. And, and I, th I think we talked a little about this last time, but we'll go a little more in. So hold on to your hats. Here's the, the true crazy. This is Matt Dillahunty, and you're listening to The Godless Revolution. Oh, I love God. He's so deliciously evil. Please stand by. The Godless Revolution will continue in a moment. 
Here follows a public service announcement for the Two Skeptical Chaps podcast. <laughs> Greetings, Americans. Over here in London, we are well aware that not all of you are loud, xenophobic, racist, sexist, religious nuts. But many of your politicians who display these frightful traits seem to be quite popular. Particularly a certain wall-obsessed, small-handed, best-word-using, daughter-perving, war-inciting, candy-floss-headed clown. To those of you who choose to follow such balderdash, we strongly recommend not to listen to the two sceptical chaps. It probably won't be your cup of tea. Otherwise, give us a listen. Each episode, we cover any news or current affairs from across the globe. Things that annoy or delight us. That's two, as in the number two. And sceptical with a K. The wrong way to spell it. Cheerio! Thanks for listening. Now back to the show. So I was on my mission, <laughs> right? All all good stories start with so I was there on my it was. mission. <laughs> yeah, it's on my mission, and I served in Sweden in uh, in in deep in the heart of Stockholm. This one this one happens. Did you develop a syndrome while you were there? I <laughs> yes, yes, I did. Uh, although not the kind that you typically think. But they are all blonde, six foot. Uh, yeah, yeah. <laughs> it's a little different, but I do, would like to return back someday. If you could get past the herring breath thing. Yeah, well, Seal, you have to deal with the strumming and, and, and all well, that. I just always wish they had male or husbands. Because you would I, sign up for it? Yeah, why yeah. not? Yeah. They're, they're all six foot blonde. That's that's <laughs> well. gender regardless. <laughs> <laughs> it works. Okay, uh, so um, we had this this route that would take us past this guy's house, um, and we'll we'll – not say his name for the the purposes of un- keeping him anonymous, but uh, but um, he hadn't been to church in like ten years, right? And uh, it was a little weird. Uh, but we'd we'd knock on his door because we were bored missionaries and there was nothing else to do. <laughs> and he was right next to our apartment, and and you know he'd come to the door and do the thing, which I'm sure you all do when the missionaries show up and you see the little like light cover on the mm. the peephole, and then they never answer the door. Uh, until one day we, we came by and we knocked on his door and he actually opened it. And there's no terrifying moment in my life. Like having the door that you've knocked on like a thousand times finally open. Like now what do we do? I have, I have nothing prepared for this. I was just like, you know, we got 10 minutes left. Let's go knock on his door. I was just about to turn away. And yeah, yeah. brother Carlson's door. We're just going to go knock on it. So, uh, he invites us in and he is, um, shaking violently. He's got go in Parkinson's okay. level. Oh, okay. And we come in, we sit down, we talk to him for a little bit, and he says that he's, uh, I don't know what the translation in English is, but he's drunk so much alcohol that he has he's the got shakes. got the DTs, yeah. yeah. Is, that, is that the right term? Yeah, yeah. It's, he's DTs. Going through detox, yeah. Yeah. Uh, but of course, I'm a, I'm, a, I'm a Mormon boy from Utah. I've never seen this before. I have no idea what's going on. And to me, so when I grew up, uh, I had all of these nightmares of dark, shadowy things in my dreams, and they, there was a particular feeling to it every time. And uh, see, I told you, they, they're, they're going to think I'm crazy by the end of this, this, this bit. This is the bit. Get well, to the end of like, this, it'll get yeah, better. It sounds like sleep paralysis. So I totally had sleep paralysis, <laughs> yeah. and no one explained what it was because I was you know, a Mormon kid, and so it was devil. So you're using the yeah. explanation that you knew of at the time. That's right. That's yeah. right. And I... I uh, w- couldn't wait till I got the Melchizedek priesthood so I could should cast the devils mm-hmm. out and I could work with it. And uh, and there was you know one time 
um, when I was just before school. We're going to get back to the other earlier story. I, I swear. The parentheses are there. <laughs> we'll get back. Uh, and I, I was waiting before school. My sister's asleep on the couch. And all the shadows in the room kind of swirl and form into this kind of cloaked figure with, with these really kind of dark, bright eyes. And I don't know how to describe it otherwise. And I did the whole like. Jesus help thing. And, and it was gone and off I went to school and I just thought this was a crazy, like, I didn't know what it was. And if you've ever looked up the Wikipedia article for shadow people, there is a picture, uh, you know, I, someone, hmm. I told the story and someone was like, yeah, no, it's a, it's a shadow person. I was like, what's that? Go and Google it. And the picture they have drawn there was exactly what I was looking at. And that's a creepy, weird moment when mm-hmm. something that you have experienced, someone else has drawn a picture of. Uh, and there's also one called a hat man. And, uh, we had the hat man that was in my house as well. I saw him walk down the hallway at one point and I like, it terrified me. I was a little kid. I went running. There you go. There's the hat man. Uh, just got pulled up here on the, on the screen. So Mm. that's the hat man. That's the hat man. I can see the hat. And 20 years later, Mm. right. This happened once to me. I saw him walking down the hallway. I was terrified. I zipped up the staircase, gave me nightmares forever. Uh, I, I described this and my sister said, oh, I totally saw him. Like multiple times. He, yeah. No, I know what that is. And His she name described is Barney. That. Yeah. Like, <laughs> uh, so people all around the world, uh, including the Ukraine and, and all over describe these two cloaked, the cloaked figure and the hat man. Hmm. And, and that's given me a lot of, of pause and we'll come back to, to my answers now. But, uh, but at the time, this sort of feeling kind of had one meaning for me and that is devil, right? Because you don't get a lot of context to Mormonism for anything other than, Jesus and devil. So mm-hmm. uh, it had to be devil because this was clearly not good. It's dark for any for anything. Uh, so this <laughs> this feeling. Well, he just didn't fight as valiantly in the preexistence. That's right. <laughs> Cast out and and has nothing better to do than to walk down my hallway while I'm watching Sesame Street. Mm-hmm. These are bored devils, you yeah, know. Yeah. Anyway, so um, so we're there, and I start getting that feeling. Right. There's just this kind of deep clench around the heart sort at, of Bernie like there's a devil here we need to do something at Carlson's house at the Carlson's house and okay. he he's talking we're doing the thing and finally I'm like you know what we're gonna have to go but we'll probably come back tomorrow and, and I'm not making this up uh, for as much as I, I can I can vouch for my own memory he uh, he slowly looks up and goes I can stay then I'm like that's a weird response it's your house <laughs> yeah so we go home right we go home, we go to bed, we get up the next day, we have nothing on the schedule. What do you do? Go, go knock on the door. Yeah, let's go knock on his door again. That was crazy fun. Was a, <laughs> we have nothing better to do. We get there and the door's open. It's just wide open. We're like, that's weird. Mr. Carlson, are you in there? Nothing. Finally, my companion's like, it's almost like someone wants us to know he's not there. You know? Yeah. Maybe we should go look for him. So we go trailing around. We have nothing else to do. You know, uh, it's, it's better than, than street contacting. So we go around <laughs> uh, looking for him. Finally, we sit down on a bench. We're like, you know, if, if there were an evil force in the world, we would, we would want the, the missionaries, the good guys to like know they had lost. Right. And, but he wouldn't go far because that would be like effort. I bet you he's just somewhere like on a, in the park on a bench. And we went back and forth on coming up with that, that solution. Finally, we go back to the apartment because we don't find him. We look at all the benches in the whole area. We get back up to the, the, the apartment and the door's closed. Like, okay. He's back home, you know, knock on the door. He 
something to do. <laughs> and, uh, and, and he yells, come in. And we, we open the door and we come in and we say, hey, Mr. Carlson, uh, you know, we, we came back when we said we would uh, you, and your door was open. That was, that was kind of weird. No. Um, no, where were you? And he says, I was uh, in the park on a bench. <laughs> and at that point, being a missionary, I knew exactly what to do. Armed to the square, in the name of Jesus Christ, by the power and authority of the Holy Melchizedek Priesthood, I command you to leave. And he leaps for my arm. He tries to grab it and yank it down. And he stops when I get to the end. He sits down in the chair and goes, what was that? What just happened? <laughs> and, and at this point, I am as convinced. We talked about a little bit of why I was convinced as a Mormon earlier. I am super convinced i know what's going on here everything mm. is in the right frame of reference we're going to talk to him and we're going to be back because jesus says if a devil leaves there's going to be seven more powerful that come back right so we've got to be here for this guy so uh we come back uh and and uh you know try to teach him try to you know, whatever you do as missionaries to try to get them, we read discussions at him because that's what you have. Well, you want is 10%. Well, and I, I'm struck yeah. by, I'm struck by how much you had to have been a true believer, right? Because as a 18, 19 year old kid who's running into something like this, if I didn't have a true faith that God was going to be there and would protect me from whatever's going on at Mr. Carlson's place, I'd be like, oh, uh, let's just go do some service projects. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, no, I was I was gung ho. I I was the sort to leap right in and be like, "No, God has my back." Which, <laughs> in hindsight, I have the power of the Melchizedek priesthood. That's right. In hindsight, I was really terrified. I leapt off a cliff once. I did. I mean, and I I, I luckily did not die. Uh, yeah. Anyway, so we do the thing. We come back, and he is uh, sure enough jittery as ever because it's the shakes and it's DT and he's still going through it. And we're trying to get him to drink orange juice without vodka for the first time. <laughs> and I mean, whatever. Uh, but then he starts to go really crazy. I mean, really crazy. And so of course, what's the answer? There's only one answer here. <laughs> we're going to raise the arm of the square, cast the devil out. And it, it doesn't work this time. Nothing changes. And we talk to him some more. We pray. We try to give him a blessing. Nothing changes. Finally, we call up the mission president, right? This is, this is the guy who is on earth. He is our protector and guidance in the world. And we're like, okay, here's the, you know, lay out the whole situation. What so you hadn't told him anything up to this point? No, because. You hadn't, you hadn't said, we're casting out devils and stuff <laughs> over Mr. Carlson's. You don't have that certificate yet. <laughs> <laughs> it's not, I have a merit badge. No. Uh, I mean, what, we never talked to the mission president. Like, it was really rare. Excuse me. It was really rare to ever like talk to the mission president about what you were doing day to day. Um, so we call him up and we describe the situation and he's like, just get out. Just go. That's the best advice. Abandon this guy or whatever the yeah. hell is going on. Yeah. Sorry, dude. The devil's get you. <laughs> Even though they were like taunting us with having the door open. Like, nah, you're, you're, you're screwed, dude. So we get out. And, Satan is more powerful than God. Yeah. And and this was a big shelf item. If you've ever heard the Mormon term, you know, the, the shelf items. Yeah, put it on a shelf for later. Yeah. For later. Uh, and I couldn't deal with it right then. But but why <laughs> why was the advice of God to leave? Right? Sorry, I got to stop you there. I've yeah. never heard that phrase before. And I'm like, what the hell is a shell fight him? Oh. <laughs> this was a major shell fight him. And I'm like, what the fuck does that you mean? you never heard of putting a shell fight him? Yeah, yeah, yeah. Oh, okay. It's like a conch. Not in this context. Oh, yeah. 
No, no. Uh, yeah. So there was a, a famous talk by a mission president's wife that if you have an item that's bothering you, just put it on the shelf for later and you can come back. And eventually the shelf breaks because there's so many items on there. Yeah, yeah. So um, oh, okay. anyway, um, so w- long story short, we never did help Berger. I- I- sorry, gave his name there. Uh, Mr. Carlson, <laughs> we, nev- we never got him uh, to get away from the devils. If He may have been consumed later. I don't know. Mm-hmm. Uh, there was no guidance given. There's nothing in the little white handbook or the manuals on how to handle a, a casting out of a devil. I'd only learned about it because a bishop had done it to me as a kid. <laughs> Uh, and again, there was my, my frame of reference, right? Yeah. Yeah. Everything likes to consume a good burger. That's, (laughs) ouch, (laughs) ouch. Um, so anyway, um, so this, this kind of concept that there, there, there may be evil things out there, right? Let's just say that there was some evil force and it was going to, it was going to play with these missionary kids because whatnot. And there's a drunk guy and it's going to have some fun. It pretended to do exactly what the LDS church would would make it work. And then it kind of laughed at us mm. and it didn't have to do anything anymore, right? But the real power of the, you know, it, the church stuff didn't work. But what was it that, that reacted in this way? And I've looked up a whole bunch of things to try to explain, like, what this could be. So back with the shadow people, I have a firm belief that there's kind of a, a fluke in our brain uh, where... Where like when your graphics card goes a little bit hokey and you get something, some sort of element, that this is a natural thing that shows up and and your brain's just like, whoa, we didn't know what to do with that. So it kind of puts it into a kind of a human sort of form and it's creepy. And, and, an and object you know. An object you know. <laughs> right. Assign, then, assign agency and, and all that. Right. And uh, I came to this conclusion by the by researching the Papabawa. And you know what the Papabawa is? Uh, sure silly do. word. Um. <laughs> <laughs> It's it's a, a, a legend down in Madagascar about a six foot bat winged creature that rapes mm. men with like a two foot or three foot penis. Oh, and uh, and there's him. this group. <laughs> <laughs> there's this group of researchers who went down to study this to see if there was any legitimacy behind it. <laughs> and uh, oh, that's all they were there for. <laughs> I don't know the whole story, but they go down and, uh, and, and this thing has existed. The legends are 600 years old. Mm. They get across. There's no physical evidence left behind whatsoever, but it's a, it's a common uh, thing. Men will vanish for hours, come back to the village claiming that they have been um, taken advantage of by this bat creature. And they come back to the mainland and it would kind of just end there as kind of an interesting story, except for people on the mainland start getting attacked by the Papabawa immediately after. Hmm. Now, this thing has wings. It could fly across at any time if it could fly. Maybe it was hanging onto the back of the boat water skiing. I don't know. But the most likely thing is, is that the idea, the meme yeah. carried across. And this sort yeah. of – The idea traveled. Yeah. Right. The sort of shadow thing or that these things can happen, that that element was what was brought across. And I think all of these situations – uh, you know, the the Mormon faith prepped me for one answer, for one – description of what was going on. Mm-hmm. So in light of that, I'm going to give the other thing that leaves me saying there's some power beyond us, but there's, it's not necessarily good. And that is uh, went camping with a group of friends, a uh, giant camp. We're there for a couple of days just after September 11th. Uh, so everyone's feeling a little bit weird. That sort of psychosis element needs to be added into the whole story. But we're walking along and uh, this guy's walking behind a group of three guys are walking behind me drunk as all get out and they start talking about me and they start talking about uh, like file folders on my computer 
and that I think that I'm going to go and save people. And there's this whole thing. I've never met any of them before. I have no idea who these people are. And they wander off. And everyone who's around me, because we have this group of friends, um, are like, that was really – do you know them? Like FBI. What's going on? <laughs> and I'm like, I have no idea what that was. And we go a little bit further, uh, same, same group of friends, and uh, another drunk set of people are walking along. And one of them is lifted about three, four feet in the air vertically and then thrown forward. And he hits a car. And he gets up and everyone goes, oh, you tripped, man. And he's like, no, someone pushed me. And I turn to the girl to my right and she's like, he was not pushed. He was thrown. <laughs> and I'm like, I saw it too. I saw it too. And, and all of us can still get together and talk about we saw this thing happen. And if you if you look up the definition of a UFO for, for NASA, it's anything that goes at a right angle, right? Because we don't have any technology that doesn't have to bank. And this person had been picked up and thrown at a right angle. So I have these experiences, right? And I'm looking at them and I'm trying to make any sort of sense out of it. And I don't expect anyone to believe me because I understand I have no evidence to present, right? I have my story, mm. but it was a firsthand experience to me. Right. But anecdote and personal experience are only true for you. Right. Yeah. And so, like, I don't expect anyone else to believe me. But for me, I'm stuck with, well, there might be something out there. But, man, whatever would pick up a drunk guy and toss him, that is not a god that I want to worship. And this is where I kind of came to the progressive deism concept of, like, well, okay, maybe yours is the real one. Tell me your, your story of how the thing was revealed, how God blessed the child, how the, the one kid was pulled out of the tornado and everyone else died, whatever it is. But then tell me how that, what that describes God's character as. Hi, this is Yvette Dontremont, a.k.a. The Cybabe, and you're listening to Godless Revolution. You can find me at Cybabe.com, at my Twitter account, at The Cybabe. And if you've hunt really hard, you can find me at Pornhub. I dare you. What is the probability that Yahweh is the one true God in Amun-Ra, Aphrodite, Apollo, Baal, Brahman, Ganesha, Isis, Mithras, Osiris, Shiva, Thor, Vishnu, Wanton, Zeus, and the other 986 gods are all false gods? You guys are atheists just like me of all the gods I just rattled off. Some of us just go one god further. The next rant will start right after this. Hey everybody, this is X. And I'm Kyle. And I'm Felicia. We're the Utah Outcasts. Three out, unashamed, and active atheists living in Utah. And we are personally inviting you to let us love your ears each and every week. As we take the news, current events, and pop culture and give it a little twist. A love twist, with consent. And we'll be joined each week by a special guest to tell us what makes them an outcast like us. Come find us. The Utah Outcasts. On PodHell.com, Stitcher, iTunes, Google Play, Facebook, Twitter, and YouTube. And on UtahOutcast.com. We finally bought that domain off the kids handing out mixtapes in the mall. Come be an outcast with us. Take care of yourselves out there. Bonne nuit. And you're welcome. Rejoining the Godless Revolution podcast now. Um, so I'm in marketing, kind of. I'm a data guy, but I work with the marketing people. And uh, along my way of being in marketing, um, I found this book called The Wizard of Ads. It's a great book. Highly recommended even if you're not in marketing. Um, I think his fourth book is the one. He still does a blog. You can read his latest tips and tricks. Uh, I think it was in his fourth book or maybe the third that I, I picked up just randomly in the library and started reading. Um, but he, he made a comparison with, um, there's a bit of our brain called Broca 
and he compares it to the little guy in the Wizard of Oz that opens up the door and says, not nobody gets to see the wizard, not mm. nobody, not know how. Yeah. And this bit of your brain will only allow new information that is relevant, right? Because they reply, well, uh, this is Dorothy, the witch is Dorothy. And he's like, oh, that's a horse of a different color. Come on in. Everyone remember the sequence? Yeah. So uh, this bit of our brain, it's looking for new information. And that's, that's uh, if you've ever seen the old Sp- Spice commercial, the... Uh, your tickets are now diamonds or whatever it was. Yeah. It, it caught Broca, right? It got the attention and it, that's why it was as sticky as it was. And what I've found is this attempt of saying, well, prove to me your God is good. It catches Broca. If we go back to this guy I was walking with on the trail, there's a reason he stopped talking for half an hour. How do I know my God is good is a thought they haven't had before. The atheist arguments you usually, you've run across or that you've heard, uh, you know, they have just an instant, like, whatever the answer is. And finally, he did default to testimony, which is usually the instant answer. <laughs> but it got past that little window. And I did something that's maybe a little bit cruel. Uh, so there's another <laughs> part of your brain that the Wizard of Ads goes on about called the cochlea, I guess. I don't know if this he, – he backs it up with science, but uh, I haven't gone into it enough to, to truly know. But he says this is the part, uh, and it connects to the bones in the ear. Mm-hmm. Where um, the the repetitious uh, – I want to say the word ditty, but that's not the word I'm looking for. The melodies, the, like the, the tunes. The, like the catch uh, – when something's catchy or you, you – like how a song sticks in your head. Yeah. And this is why marketing works, right? Is first you get past Broca and then you give that same tune that plays over in their head over and over again. And whether they want it or not, they go buy that stick of Wrigley Spearmint gum whenever they see a twin because it's stuck in your head mm. <laughs> whether you like it or not. Uh, I think that was double double mint, mint, yeah. double mint. Yeah. Uh, double your pleasure, double your fun. Clearly, See, I picked the wrong one. Uh, <laughs> it didn't stick in my head as well. Uh, but the 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 idea being that uh, that if you get past those two gatekeepers, if you get it past the broca and get it c- uh, circling, it sticks. So I did say to him, uh, you know, every time you you're in fast and testimony meeting, I want you to listen to when the person says, "I know it's true," and just think. What does that mean about God's nature? So now this poor guy, every time he goes to a fast and testimony meeting and some, you know, they're all going to say, I know the church, even if they don't say anything, oh, else, yeah. I know the church is true. They're going to, he's going to look at the rest of what they're saying and it's going to come back to him because it was a new and novel concept. And he's going to be sitting there saying, huh, what does this say about God? And you know that the wacky that comes out in fast and testimony meetings, eventually that's going to wear until he's going to have to start really thinking. Yeah, I've even heard um, stories about people having testimonies about donuts and shit. That's so, right. Yeah. That's right. <laughs> uh, we had a, uh, this one lady in Sweden, uh, bless her heart, which never is followed by a good thing. Uh, she would <laughs> no. bear testimony of how handsome the missionaries were every time. Uh, a good solid 15 minutes of just, they're so young, their haircuts. They so get... nubile in the curve of their buttocks. Yeah, that's pretty much. Uh, <laughs> and if any of you boys out there know it, but I need my pool clean this weekend. <laughs> I offer him popsicles all the time. <laughs> <laughs> and in the area book, it actually said, do not visit her in giant letters. So uh, clearly something had happened in the past. God but... can't help her, huh? <laughs> yeah. Yeah. <laughs> just leave. That's, just leave, elders. Just leave. That's two people in just that area that God can't do anything for. It, there were lots. Uh, yeah. There was also the elephant lady. But uh, oh. anyway. Um, Don't look at her. She's hideous. <laughs> no, 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 no. She, she was great looking. That wasn't the problem. But she, uh, Jesus had come to her in the form of an elephant and told her she needed to go to Africa after giving cigarettes to children. 
And after having sat through that, I mean, that took a long time. I just summed up like an hour and a half <laughs> of like, this lady kind of gets it, but she's so crazy. We went back in the area book, giant, do not visit this woman as well. <laughs> so there were, there were several that Jesus could do nothing for, it turns out. Um, but anyway, the point is uh, that I think whether or not um, progressive deism is something someone adopts, sometimes to take that viewpoint of just Turning it and saying, okay, now I'm going to believe whatever you say, man. I, God appeared to you in the form of a lemon. I'll take it. But what does it say about God's character? Can you explain to me why this is good? And it forces the question back in a way that, that just dissembles all of those anti-atheist arguments or all of those I know my religion's right to where they have to actually defend to themselves as well as to you. Well, no, God's totally a good person. He's, he is. He's... So I, I, I did any commentary on that? Yeah, well, before I'm, just, I... I'm curious, do, is progressive deism a belief system you hold or is it a tactic you use? You know, I'm, 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 <laughs> I, I'm I, that's a hard question at this point because yeah. I still have those experiences. They're mine, right? And I understand I can't give that to anyone else. If I ever run into, and I did have another experience, I did, uh, later on in life. Uh, after I didn't believe in the church anymore, I had another one of these sleep paralysis dreams, a nightmare. And this time I started to do the whole, like, I'm going to cast it out. And I realized, wait, I, I'm not a member anymore. I can't do this. And I raised my arm to the square and I said, by the power of Bill Murray, I command you to leave. And Bill Murray in full Ghostbuster outfit came strolling into the dream and I woke up. It worked just as well. So if I ever see another shadow person or I have another person who's like acting weird and feels devilish, I'm going to totally try Bill Murray. And if I f you find myself gutted in the woods with like a pentagram over my head, it didn't work. Uh, but otherwise, I, I, I would like to actually test and try now that I have the scientific like rigor to approach these things. But back then I was just a kid with belief and all I could throw at it was my belief. So mm -hmm. I, I, I it had want... to fit within the frame that you knew. Yeah. But yeah. you still kind of do that though. Right. I mean, because it's still God and not cosmic fairies or something else. So you're, you're still holding to the thing that it, yes, it's definitely God that's given me or that, uh, that the reason why I'm having these experiences and this, all these anecdotal things you've said, uh, uh it's definitely God. It's not, it couldn't be anything else. It's definitely that, but it's not the same God or it's a God with a different character than everybody else. I'm actually leaning a little more towards, uh, to, towards the God of Mizazaki, uh, spirited away, right? All those, uh, the little girl, they turned their parents into pigs and there's all these weird, crazy things that we just don't understand. That okay. seems like that so. might apply better. Picks someone up, throws them, but doesn't really care about humans 90% of the time. I don't know. I don't know. Hmm. Uh, I'm, I'm open again. If you have something to present, I will totally listen to it. But I may not say that means God is good. I, I, I may not agree in any way, shape, or form. So uh, it's a little bit different tact. I think there's some value in the approach for anyone. But if you didn't have the experiences I would, I did, I, I wouldn't expect anyone to, to roll that way, if that makes any sense. Yeah, I'm just, I guess I'm just wondering why, why the need to cling to a God at all. In, in that sense. I mean, just uh, you're saying that's that's the way that best explains the experiences you've had. And I'm wondering how you know that. Well, I, d I, I don't, to be honest. Right. I, I have nothing that I can back it up other than um, it was more than the natural. And it was fiendish. But I don't have a supernatural like pillar of light above my head or an angel or a good thing. Uh, I just have these couple of, of experiences and I have 
right. several more that fit in the shirt category. But well, the plural, uh, plural of anecdote isn't data, but you're you're yeah, pre- that's true. You're yeah, presupposing supernature. I was going to say it seems like a lot of this is is presuppositionalist arguments for the existence of a god that you know because you have to you have to presuppose a lot of things for any of this to fit into. Yeah. The narrative of even a, yeah. a progressive deism, uh, progressive mm-hmm. deism stance, right? Because I would, I would be totally worshiping the Papa Bawa and and begging it not to rape <laughs> me at night if I sure. were born in Madagascar, right? <laughs> All these same experiences, I would just translate to that. Yeah, yeah. So I, I, mm. I think that's a valid uh, re- retort. I just don't like. How do you? Because I can't go back and gather more data, right? I can't go back in time and reobserve. I can't alter or change. Uh, so maybe we, we, we turn it and, and, and play a little bit of the God's advocate devil's advocate. <laughs> I don't know what I'm talking about now. Uh, the, the deist advocate and say, if you were to have that sort of thing happen, if on your boat ride, you'd come up from your boat being destroyed and, and, and all that. And, uh, the guy down the way was picked up in the air and thrown a few feet. Uh, how, how would you then reconcile that if you now you well, have that, all your so well that story and yeah. in just that story itself seems like I mean that that obviously to me anyway was that you think you saw something that you didn't really because nobody else had the same reaction right I mean nobody else the, but, but I mean the people who were there with that guy did not have said the same hey reaction. you you tripped you know you tripped yeah. you're drunk you're stupid but whatever the, my friends with me right we were up on a hill so you know there was some distance I'm I'll, I'll grant that but all of us saw him get raised first and then thrown and hmm. we were the sober ones so now there's that too here's my qu- were they also in the same religious category that you were at the time no they were not so the okay. every, the the friends that were with yeah. me all were in the same religious category all the people yeah yeah that, that, that's where not. i was going with the people yeah. that agreed with you on what happened and that's where i was kind of kind of going with you know over time we all know that our memories can be corrupted right and that's where it's kind of well, going with at, at the time being religious. You know, if you tell yourself over and over at the time, well, at first, like, oh, maybe, he, no, he didn't trip. He got thrown. And then you kind of make yourself leading to believe, well, yeah, the guy was lifted up and kind of like a fish story. Well, first it might have been, well, you just lift off the ground a little bit and then thrown. I think then there's something even more over basic times and stories. I think, okay. I think even more basic because if I'm, let me grant you that that that, that happened. It was a right angle and everything. That's exactly what happened. Okay. So you definitely saw something weird. That guy experienced something weird. Something strange happened that we don't experience or see or, you know, regularly. 90 degree angles, people don't get lifted by themselves, all that kind of stuff. That still doesn't get you to God. Right, that's, right. That's where There's I'm stuck. There's a huge leap between uh, yeah. the, the all-father in the sky who is uh, or Jewish any, carpenters. Or any supernature. Okay. At all. I mean, whether it's the bat rapist or, 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 you know, sky daddy, it's all. Yeah. I mean, it could have been a, a really Who strong knows? local gust of wind. You know, <laughs> I mean, anything, right. I mean, sure, sure. The answer is we don't know. Yeah. We don't I'll know what happened in the space time yeah. continuum. We don't know what happened there. <laughs> Something weird, but we don't know what it was. So, yeah. so we're at the point of like, yeah, no, I, I, not that different from atheism, but it led me to the marketing tool. Of uh, this works really well, and I continue to use it, and it does work really well. I could see where it would, but at the same time, do I do I have a kernel of it? Maybe a kernel, but but if I if I die and there's a anything on the other side, I would be surprised at this point. I think that's where I'm at. Is yeah, even if there was something, let's say that it was, it was an alien, right? That doesn't impact my life. I don't live it differently because of uh, you know uh, 
or it was a, a, a tree nymph. Yeah, it turns out there's one tree nymph left on earth. It doesn't matter as far as living life. So yeah. um, I think a huge advantage you have is kind of like what the satanic temple is to politics. There's, you know, there's a softening there because there's, First of all, they don't know what the hell you're talking about at first when you tell, you know, if I say, oh yeah, I'm an atheist, boom, walls are up. Right. They're done. They know that, you know, they might try to bear their testimony and be sweet Mormons and all that stuff. Uh, but with you, there's, there's like a tiny little bit of a crack left in that wall because you're still, you're still saying some of the right words into their ears. You know, there's still supernature involved and God and what, you know, the, all these other words they've never heard before. So they can't really feel threatened. They're kind of just like unsure. And so I think that allows you some room to at least start a conversation where for me, it's. Yeah, they're not. They're, they're not, not. They haven't shut off. They're not interested yeah, in yeah. talking to me at all. Yeah. So I and, think. And it is kind of the cop out where if someone says, do you believe in God? And be like, yeah, sure. And, and kind of that agnostic <laughs> kind of wiggle room sort of thing where it doesn't have to become a bit huge debate. But if they then go on to say, well, God told me, blah, blah, blah. I can immediately turn around and be like. Okay, but what does that say about God that he talks to you and not anyone else or whatever the, uh, the thing yeah. is if, if, if they start putting forward? Because I have had uh, about a dozen people who have come and said, I have a message from God for you. Mm -hmm. And uh, <laughs> I, I did create the Mithrin Challenge, which is uh, I'm, I have a, a code that I wrote down and then I have a friend who wrote down a code. And I will do anything that any of these gods, should they exist, tell me to do between the two codes, right? That still stands. And they are still written down. They still exist. Should not be a hard thing for an all-knowing God. So what do you mean God. between the two codes? So it has like to start with my code. Sign. Oh, yeah. oh, oh. Has to start with my code. Give me the instruction. End with the friend's code. I am game. You have passed the test. I will do whatever it is. Uh, if you can't do that, you're not an all-powerful God because that's like reading paper. That's not that hard. Yeah. And, and I got this system from two places. One is this is how TCPIP works, right? To be able to verify the message across the network, you have a handshake at the beginning, you send the message, and then you make sure that it comes across correctly. As well as James Randi, this is how he would deal with uh, psychics, is that if you don't mm -hmm. have both pieces of the code, they can't talk it out of you. If the friend has a piece then uh, you can't convince yourself. And this was part of my, during my transition out of Mormonism, uh, trying to figure out how to deal with these old experiences that I had gone through. Um, I'm like, okay, here you go, God. I will do anything you say, but you have to give me it between the two uh, code words. A and it's amazing how little God spoke since then. Mm, pineapple uh, pizza. <laughs> yeah. They, no. Oh. Uh, but I have had 12 people who have attempted the code uh, throughout hmm. my life and said, I have a message from God and here is the code. I'm like, no. Or they didn't even know the code existed. I'm like, hey, there's a code. Tell me what it is and we'll go. And they're like, I don't, I don't do that. And I'm like, okay, well, then I don't. Yeah. Your God yeah. that you're talking to is not the same one I'm talking to. Because as we were, I forget what the topic was before. And your God is weak. Your God is weak. He can't yeah. read a piece of paper. Like, yeah. this is not a hard test. And, you know, the most common thing people say immediately afterwards is, well, we shouldn't try to test or tempt God. And and being in, in Mormon land, I, I just point out DNC 129, where you shake the angel's hand, right? You stick out yeah. your hand and find out if he's got a resurrected body or he'll refuse to shake or a devil will try to go through it. It's just a That's handshake. A it's yeah. a handshake that TCPIP uses. It's the same sort of thing. It's just modern yeah. as opposed to ancient. So anyway, there's my progressive deism rant and rave and and uh, kind of ideas for how to approach if you ever want to uh, 
uh, get in that crack, as you're saying. Mm -hmm. uh, it's oh, a uh, yeah, we love crack. getting in cracks. <laughs> Fun approach to take. I'll just keep going there with any window. Yeah, call your bat friend. So I have I have some questions for you. Sure. But I'm going to ask him in just a minute. Hi, this is Justin Schieber, formerly of the Reasonable Doubts podcast and currently of Real A Theology, and you are listening to The Godless Revolution. Okay, we say we came across this murder site, and we're just cleaning it up. Who cleans up murder sites? I don't know, we're Mormons. Mormons don't clean up murder sites. Mormons are helpful. Thank you to everybody who has rated the show on iTunes and Stitcher and are following us on YouTube, Twitter, and Facebook. And to all our Patreon patrons, you make the show possible. Okay, so I was wondering, the, the biggest question I had for you was, why, why not start with the null hypothesis? That in, instead, of, instead of taking a presuppositionalist stance, why not start with, I just don't know, like the, the null hypothesis of, Anything is possible at this point. I can't explain it. And so until I can provide evidence as to what it may be, then I just have to say, I don't know. It's it's not that there was any agency involved, any spirits, evil or good or anything supernatural. It's just, I don't know. I saw something that was a little weird from my vantage point and, and, and perspective, but until I can provide evidence to show that, oh no, it was this, then all I can say is, I don't know. And that's probably just holdovers that I was raised with such a strong, like, there are devils, there are angels, there's this whole spiritual realm. And, and so it's still kind of baked into the, the brain that I have. Um, because once you say it like that, like, that's totally what I would put towards someone who is running a marketing campaign and they wanted to A-B <laughs> test it. And I'm, we totally know this. How do you know that? Let's start with that. We don't know anything. So, uh, that may be a flaw in me, uh, now that you say it quite like that, um, cause it is, it's all colored by the beliefs at the times and the places. And now that I don't have that structure, again, I'm trying to, I understand that it has to be uh, understandable, verifiable, and reprodu reproducible. And these are none of that. I can, I cannot, <laughs> cannot verify it. I can't reproduce it. I've gone back. There's no journals at the time. Like I have nothing. So I keep hoping, you know, if anyone had knows a possessed neighbor, uh, <laughs> I'd love to stop by and, and have a quick chat uh, to try to reproduce it. And if I can, great. And if I can't, then, you know, uh, then it was nothing. But I just, there's a lack of data. And I probably should start with the null hypothesis, but I am where I am because I have this whole history of belief. Yeah, no, that's, that's. <laughs> <laughs> so Matt drew that, what was it called again? The Papa Bawa. The Papa Bawa. You can, you can Google the that. Papa there's Boner. a Wiki, Wikipedia. The Papa Boner, yeah. <laughs> yeah. Wikipedia article on it. And it's got a, a picture that's not terribly unlike that. Papa ba Well, how do you spell it? P-A-P-A. P-A-P-A. -A. Uh, no, maybe it's P-A-P-O-B-A-W-A. -A -A. I do just got to say though, Matt has always been very good at drawing penises. Mm-hmm. I, ha I have one, in fact. Popa oh, Bawa. Bawa. There we are. Let's see. No, oh, no picture. The picture's gone. Just uh, hit the image search. Yeah. And ooh, it's got one giant ah. eye in the middle of its head. Yeah, yeah. Oh. He kind of got the one over. There you go. <laughs> there you go. He's got tattoos, even. Yeah. Hmm. That's oh. that's more. I mean, that looks like something that someone put on uh, Instagram or something. Or, that's that's well drawn. Normally, yeah. they're a little more. Uh, I'm guessing subtle. that was from an anime porno. Yeah, there's our... That's the the succubus comparison with the Papa Bawa. 
Hmm. I've never heard of the Papa Bawa. Yeah. That's interesting. So anyway, there you go. Um, (laughs) For all my weirdnesses, that's one of them. Uh, (laughs) uh, So... Along with all this, yeah, uh, and and having researched this this idea of um, God sending an angel with a sword struck me because, as you mentioned, it should be a flaming sword. Everyone kind of agrees it should be a flaming sword. If you talk to your average Mormon, I've always thought it was a flaming sword. Yeah. It would be a flaming yeah. sword. Mandela effect. Yeah, <laughs> totally. Uh, but it turns out it's a drawn sword. But this this led me to another concept, which is why would an angel use a sword in an era when there there were guns? Right, hmm. and uh, and this this is a uh, led me to this this fascinating subtopic of what sort of technology does heaven have, and uh, it turns <laughs> out that it's really it's it's a lot easier to find out what kind of technology the devil has because there's lots of Mormon stories where the devil shows up and and there's one famous one about the Logan Temple the guy's the president of the, of the Logan Temple, and the devil drives up in a uh, wagon with horses with all these people who drive up with wagons with horses. And that makes me think, okay, number one, I guess horses are all evil because the devil has, I don't know. (laughs) But number two. Poor beasts of burden. If the devil (laughs) was able to have technology ahead of the 1800s era, you'd think that he would come driving in in like a Lamborghini uh, or something that was impressive, right? Something they hadn't seen before or he'd have a chariot that they couldn't describe. But he's very Apache. Uh, yeah, an Apache gunship would be freaking awesome. He could impress the temple president by, <laughs> by landing and getting out and his hair's blowing in the wind because apparently, I don't mean, is there, it, it, it's all sorts of questions like, uh, do devil horses, uh, take shits? Uh, is there devil poop? Is there a poop <laughs> person who cleans them up? What do you feed a devil horse? Yeah. Like, mm-hmm. uh, shits out black holes, <laughs> stars, uh, and, and then if you go and and Google some of the uh, well, well, there's there's other stories of um, uh, the devil riding on the waters or the devil, uh, oh, the angel Moroni. There's four witnesses. We always talk about the three witnesses in Mormonism, mm. but there was actually four. And the fourth was uh, David Whitmer's wife, and she describes the angel Moroni coming in old ragged brown clothing and opening the knapsack, and the golden plates are in there. And this just doesn't jive well with the Mormon concept of an angel where they like descend from the ceiling and they have these white robes that are whiter than noonday. Mm. So they just kind of skip it and forget the whole story. But this idea that that angels walk around with knapsacks on and they kind of like old dusty cowboys <laughs> sort of thing. Uh, there's Gandalf a, the Grey. Yeah, yeah. <laughs> Uh, well, there's this book called Return from Tomorrow, and my dad loved this book, um, and, and it's about this guy who, who actually did die. Um, they have it medically on record, and he comes back three days later. Uh, he was in the army, so they have a time of death, and they have a time when he came back, and all that sort of thing. Or I don't know the whole – but he goes on about it, and he, he builds a whole chapel and parish and belief system off of this experience he has. But while he's dead, he uh, he first leaves his body and he skips across the world, uh, flying over the trees um, and and ends up in a bar. And he's watching the poor people addicted to alcohol, which I guess is all you, you lot, uh, <laughs> as they're, they're trying to grab another drink and their hands pass through it, right? And he's amazed how crowded this bar is, but it's only a few people and all the rest are, are spirits. And then he goes forward again, and this I'm getting to a point, I promise. Uh, and he ends up in this building where they're working and they're constructing this thing and he sees it and he takes it in. And then years later he goes and he sees the first nuclear submarine and he realizes that he, he visited in spirit form. 
and I forget whether he sees them building it in heaven or if he sees it building it in earth. But the the concept here is interesting that that uh, that there were spirits working on it along with the humans as well, just like the the ones trying to grab the bottles of beer. That that Satan could have nukes and and nuclear submarines is this new concept that entered my head as a kid reading this book that my dad <laughs> gave me. Is that if you have wagons in the 1800s and nuclear submarines that angels are helping you build in in our era, we've got to be really careful, man, because we are we are arming the adversary with all these. <laughs> uh, how does the technology of heaven work? They can only go with like an R rate. Like, do do we give them iPhones? Are they able to communicate faster because? There's this whole concept of what is it that they're able to do. And if you Google uh, any amount of like LDS angel sword, right, you'll see them like protecting missionaries. But we're, I mean, like, could they even do they, can they touch physical things? Because like with the bar story, the spirits couldn't get the spirits, right? Right, right. They couldn't, they couldn't grab the alcohol. And yet somehow they have these, these steel oh, that's, weapons. That's and you well done. Yeah, there's all these these pictures uh, and icog- iconography. Uh, there's the angel with the flaming sword, yeah. which it wasn't in any of the records. Uh, but this idea of um, I like the one with the the Jedi down there in the temple robes. That's a that's a great one. <laughs> oh yeah, uh, but it, like missionaries being protected by angels with swords around them, and you have the stories of. Uh, sister missionaries who are out there and the guy's about to molest them or, or kill them or whatever. And there's these two big Tongan looking guys behind him with swords or whatever it is. Mm. This, uh, we have this image. Uh, oh, there you the go. Hell? <laughs> wow. Uh, this image that, that the sword gives of this like power at the end of your arm that guns just don't for some reason. We don't like the iconography, iconography, uh, nearly as much as, as swords. And so, mm. When we go back and reflect on all of these sorts of ideas, like the giant bat that rapes men and the, um, we have these images in our head and they, they're more sticky than the reality. If you ever, like, you know, when you're watching a movie and you just know the gun's not going to work, mm. <laughs> whatever the monster is, the gun, no matter, we have this feeling of like, the gun is just not powerful against monsters, man, but a sword. Yeah. You could go up and punch the monster in the face when bullets have bounced off it and, and that works every yeah. time. Mm. You know, there's this, this feeling. And I think a little bit my own experiences included, um, we fall into this sort of like it feels more right and we we construct our narratives around it. So I think that's why Satan drives a horse and buggy in the 1800s. Well, and I think a lot of that is that you can identify with the pain more, right? Like you – I don't know. it. You guys have probably noticed this, that when you're watching a movie and somebody gets shot, you're like, ooh, that would suck. But if somebody – is coming at somebody else with a knife and and the person they they go to attack grabs the knife blade mm. yeah Ugh. and and it's retracted away from them and cuts their palm and fingers and everything you can identify with that pain you've, you've felt very similar pain something similar has happened to you at some point in your life so you can identify with that a lot more easily than somebody being shot with whatever right because very few people yeah. are shot and well it's it's definitely a more intimate weapon I'm yeah. clenching at the thought. Yeah. Uh, yeah. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. When somebody's playing the, what, what oh, is it, where yeah. they stab between yeah, their fingers yeah. with the knife. I can't remember how that song goes. They're, they do a song with that song. Uh, I'm waiting for someone <laughs> just to slice a finger off doing that. <laughs> so you said, you said your thing was in three parts and the last was, was that we would go, I kinda, always a freaking genius. I kind of did the marketing thing already. That oh, was the okay. idea is that if, if you can, 
get into the crack. We'll go ahead and let that humor happen again <laughs> through uh, through this kind of different approach from just, I'm an atheist, I don't believe in God, to go ahead, tell me why your God is good uh, and make them think about it, that there's a, that there's a, a legitimate reason. I, I got there through a, maybe a crazy way because I didn't start with the null hypothesis, but I think it's a useful tool anyway. So there you go. That was the... Uh, the, the the final concept around that you had did you have any other questions that you wanted to ask so it's largely a tactic with some weirdness belief stuff still hanging in on yeah okay. yeah we're not all perfect i guess uh, <laughs> <laughs> but that said i think a lot of people do have a weirdness that was one of the things oh, that sure. i experienced in sweden uh we had so many people ask us to come and exercise exercise is that the right word mm-hmm. excise demons. excise exercise demons, demons yeah. yeah out yeah. of their apartments even though it's the most atheist like yeah. country, they all, you know, you'd say, this was a normal conversation, right? It's, Hi, we're missionaries from the Church of Jesus Christ of Latter-day Saints. We're here to talk to you about God. Do you believe in God? And they would say something like, well, I believe there's something. Yeah. I don't know what it is, but I believe there's something, which I would put under that progressive deist slash agnostic umbrella of, there may be something, but, you know, now if I were a missionary, I'd say, do you know if that something is good at all? And I think most of them would be like, no. I have no guarantee of that whatsoever. Mm-hmm. Whereas we would just launch into, we know that God is just and all knowing right. and powerful and good and that he's our father and that he loves us, which the two, there's a wide gap between those two. Just because you have a father doesn't mean he's a good one. Right. Well, yeah, the, yeah there's a wide gap between those two. And then there's a wide gap between saying that God is all knowing and he loves us and wants to take care of us and looking at the world around you. Yeah. And there's also a wide gap sometimes in between a, being an atheist and being a skeptic. Yeah. Also true. Also true. So just because Sweden has, you know, such high numbers of atheism and they're kind of meh, just like you are, you know, do you believe in God? Meh. You know, but that doesn't mean they've put a lot of thought. You have, you have. I'm not saying that. (laughs) But that doesn't mean they've put a lot of thought into it. They haven't argued it. They haven't, you know, they haven't worked their way out. They just kind of are, everyone's meh. And it just doesn't, it's not a thing really. Yeah. I would say they're more anti the church of Sweden because it had just stopped being, sure. by law, you had to pay. Right. Mm-hmm. You yeah. Know, when you were born, you had to pay a tax to the church. And when you were uh, a certain age, you had to pay for baptism, whether you were baptized or not. And you had to pay when you died to yeah. the church. So they were mostly just, I don't, I don't do any of that. Yeah, exactly. <laughs> and, uh, and so you, it made it easy to have conversations about religion in a way that it wouldn't have otherwise if they'd actually thought through it. So I think you're you're absolutely on with that. So with that going on over there, it had to be a really hard time to, you know, you go over there, you're trying to convert them to, <laughs> to Mormonism, you're getting through all the stuff, then you get to the point where like, oh, by the way, we're going to take 10% of your check every week? <laughs> oh my gosh. You're like, what the fuck? We just got out of a religion that was taking our money. lifetime earnings, yeah. <laughs> we almost never got there, to be honest. Uh, long before that, we had to say, and by the way, coffee is out and they're like, like wait well, wait i thought i thought i heard you say coffee <laughs> <laughs> yeah we don't do we don't do coffee like why why are you awake even <laughs> like, uh and then the other one was the law of chastity and in sweden uh they're they're a very free people yeah they're uh, very sexually progressive very sexually progressive and they have uh i think a very fascinating view uh one that left again another shelf item uh for me <laughs> They they didn't rate their movies um, the way that we do with like the R and PG-13. But if there was a gun or anyone killed anyone else in the movie, it was not allowed for children. Oh, okay. okay. So violence over sex. But any amount of titties, uh, absolutely oh, allowed. Any so the amount, opposite of here. The opposite yeah. of Utah, yeah. like yeah. the absolute. And what I, I said, you know, this place is so wicked. Uh, one of the members said, now, wait a minute. Wait a minute. What do you mean? Uh, and I'm like, well, you know, because there's. 
you know, so much sex. And they're like, every parent wants their child to have a good sexual relationship. Uh, almost every parent. Uh, <laughs> but no parent wants them to murder someone. Mm -hmm. Why would you take your kids to see that? Now, if they do have like really kinky, that seems so weird much more sex, rational. Yeah, it does. Yeah. And it was really a problem for a little missionary boy out in Sweden. I'm like, <laughs> that seems reasonable. Why are we the way we are? Um, so if they got into really kinky stuff, or if it was like it was very adult, gray. yeah, then that would be rated as well because yeah. you don't want your kids to learn abnormal. You want them to experience normal, and if they seek the abnormal, that's fine. But you want them to do it when they're older, and so that was kind mm -hmm. of their stance. And uh, Coming back to Utah to BYU, where they edited out, you know, swear words, mm -hmm. and, uh, and yet I watched Speed. Right? Do you remember Speed? Oh, yeah. 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 in the Varsity Theater, where they they the guy he's under the bus. There's the bomb. The guy comes up from underneath the bus, and he says, "Man, you really." <laughs> really fine that time and everyone cracks up in the theater because he's been bleeped for this like five second uh, thing and yet they're murdering people left and right yeah. there's machine guns and they're gonna you know, guys getting ran over run over and and this moral ambiguous situation about the people on the bus versus everyone yeah. else on the street and all these concept co complex concepts but they blip the, the the few swear words the sound that somebody makes with their mouth yeah mm. that's right and that that was really difficult uh, uh, for me having just come back from Sweden. So uh, anyway. No, I, I'm with you on the swearing thing. I've always thought that was very silly. Yeah, I get more offended when someone says, can you please not say those words? I'm like, why the fuck not? <laughs> <laughs> what the fuck does me saying these words have to uh, impacting your life whatsoever? Like it's a word. It makes me feel icky. I don't mm -hmm. like hearing them. Well, then don't fucking listen to me. Well, I'm like, off. And I'm like, either I take my pants off and stand here and have a conversation with you, or I fucking cuss. Which one are you going to be more uncomfortable with? And usually they tell me to take my pants off. <laughs> no, that's never happened. <laughs> Just something you long for? I know. I'm waiting for the person. I've never actually said it to anybody, but that'd be interesting to say to someone. Like, would you rather me take my pants off or keep cussing? <laughs> and then you'll be asking that to the police in about two seconds. Well, what? I'll be explaining it to the police. But like, well, <laughs> yeah. I gave her an option. I wasn't going to do anything sexual. I'm like, was well, it more offensive for me to cuss or why not be both? naked? Well, yeah, I, uh, <laughs> I mean, I can cuss when I'm naked too. So, hello, I'm Lloyd Evans. I'm a former Jehovah's Witness. I'm the author of The Reluctant Apostate and senior editor of JWSurvey.org, and you are listening to the Godless Revolution. All you have to say is science is a philosophy of discovery, intelligent design is a philosophy of ignorance. If you have questions, comments, concerns, compliments, corrections, criticisms, or concepts for content, contact the show via email at godlessrevolution at gmail.com, by text or voicemail at 330-81-REBEL, or Twitter the twatter at TGR Podcast. Thank you! Well, I think the last bit of business that we have for this evening is our drawing. We do got that. I still have not posted any pictures of anything. I know, you loser. I might do that before this goes out. <laughs> well, I probably well, will have to because we're going to pick a winner tonight and then they'll have to pick what they want to mm -hmm. what they want me to do. True, send them. but the photos were supposed to help encourage people to send stuff. Yeah, and if we do this again, we'll have to like set up a regiment. Yeah. Yeah. But this was good. Yeah, it was good. Yeah. This was good. And first time trying something new. One of our fans will end up with some nifty shit. So Swag. we have we have the list of people who have submitted five star reviews and have sent those into us. 
as far as the people we can identify, there are some that we still could not identify because there's nothing but a username. Well, these are the ones that actually send us the emails like we were there yeah. supposed to. Yeah, yeah, or or that we could identify because they signed it in, in the case of one of our listeners, mm-hmm. you know, signed, they, they put their name in the review itself, so that was easy, but, so these are for the people who followed the instructions for the most part. and and submitted a review and then also sent us an email with the information about it. And so what we're going to do first is that we have our list of people who have done this and we have a random number generator that will tell us how many times we're going to pick a random number. And then from there we'll say, okay, well, it told us that we have to do, we have to do this X amount of times. And on the last time, that is the, the person who is yep. going to win. We've assigned a number to each of the people within the drawing. So this is like two times random. Yes. So first, a number between one and 10, how many time, Not no, let's not do one and 10. Let's do one and five. How many different times do we have to generate a random number? And the let answer me, is- let, let, me, let me change that to a five real quick. <laughs> Well, it says one. One? <laughs> one. We have to do it only one time. Okay. okay. Then I got to change it back to the number of people we have. All right. Want to bring that list back up again? Okay. Are, are we, do we have a, a, a drum roll we want to play for the person? And the winner is... All right. The winner is Andrew Vodapitch. Andrew Vodapitch. Oh, my. Very nice. Very cool. He's going to be on the show. That's, that's the funny thing. Yeah, he's so, going to yeah. be here in two, th- two weeks, three Something weeks? Something like that, yeah. Well, yeah. then he can pick it up then. Oh, yeah. I don't even have to mail <laughs> yeah, it out. Yeah, that's, I was like, yeah, awesome. that's great. Awesome. So Fantastic. there you go. Andrew Vodapitch, you are the winner of the uh, giveaway. The, the lovely prize that you will be able to pick from. And thank you all for your ratings and participation in this drawing. Yeah, we'll have to do this again for something yeah. else. It was, maybe, you know, maybe it was just, meant to be. It yeah. was clearly there is a God who wants <laughs> a sign. Yeah. Maybe just like once a month or once a quarter or something, we, we'll have a drawing for stuff. That'll be fun. Mm-hmm. Yeah. All right, cool. Well, congratulations, Andrew. That'll be awesome. And then, yeah, I don't have to mail it. He can just pick it up when he comes to the studio. <laughs> Yay. That solves, that solves another little problem. That's awesome. Yeah. Well, cool. All right, well, we are going to move to the Patreon portion of the show. We did pick up some new Patreon members this week, That's though, absolutely right. So we want to thank all of our Patreon patrons. That would be Dr. Dan, Matt's boss from the 2SC podcast, to whom we pledge loyalty. And if you haven't seen our video, you should go and check that out that we released. Yeah. It's, it's, it was, it's very important breaking news about the two skeptical chats. Yes. And the Zodiac Killer. Yes. Yeah. And, and they're awesome. Reporters and police officers over in London. (laughs) Tracy watched it and she's like, you did a really good job of like sounding just like kind of a dummy. (laughs) I'm like, thank you. That's kind of what I was uh, aiming for. (laughs) I did it without trying. (laughs) And and she really liked your your disguise. (laughs) Hey, don't say that on the air. It was definitely not me. Oh, that's right. Definitely not Matt Mitchell. From yeah. the Godless Revolution. Uh, but we also want to thank Janet Uter, Stephen Andrus, Mo Calbell, Christy Kalbach, Andrew Vodapich, Let Them Eat Kofefi, Larry Wilson, 
Marius Kotbutrakowski. I hope I pronounced all of that correctly. Wes Aaron, Utah Outcasts, Andy Faulkner, Angelica Pearson, Jeremy Goodson, Brandy Hamrick, Alicia Gerhardt, Taylor Grimm, Grant Larimer, Savitakuna, and the gaytheist Mr. Aaron Burton. Thank you all. We thank every single one of you. Aaron, Aaron sent me a message on our Patreon page. Yeah. Uh, after apparently hearing me read the bit about Dr. Dan Matt's boss, to whom we pledge our loyalty, <laughs> yeah. who was like, where the fuck is my loyalty? <laughs> yeah, that's what I was saying. We, sh we should change that, the wording of that, until they up their donation to a reasonable amount. I don't think it's worth uh, saying that every time for that, pe that piddly well, amount of, of euros they're spending. Maybe maybe we'll have to uh, adjust the way we do this in <laughs> or the future. Pounds, whatever. Re rewrite the rules to suit our own Well, our after own Brexit, they're kind of screwed over there anyways. <laughs> yeah, but he's a doctor, man. Well, yeah, but not like a remove organs doctor. It's not a real doctor? <laughs> yeah. <laughs> not that kind of doctor. Yeah. I mean, he just knows stuff about stuff, <laughs> not medical stuff. Does he have a TARDIS? Ooh. <laughs> I want one. <laughs> All right, we're going to move into the Patreon portion of the show where Mithrin will be joining us and talking about some some nutty Mormon history, which is always a lot of fun because you are a font of fun knowledge about that kind of stuff. Whether I want to be or not. <laughs> <laughs> so that should be a lot of fun. All of our Patreon patrons will be able to experience that. And if you would like to do so, you can join our join as a patron as a patron of the show for as little as one dollar per episode. Of course, at different levels, you also get other things like bonus content every now and then, clips of the show, shirts, merchandise, whatever at different levels. So go out there. You can find us on patreon.com slash godless revolution. And we appreciate your support. Thank you very much for coming into the studio again with us, Mitchell. Yes. This was awesome. It Appreciate was interesting. It. Always always great to have you on the show. And so until next week, crucify that like button. Leave a review to achieve nirvana. And rate the show five times a day toward Mecca.
Say my flesh is weak but the spirit's willing And you will sell my soul just to make the killing If you wanting me to say say 47 because that's not a four i'm not that drunk <laughs> he did that a couple weeks ago just randomly came wow. up with 147 and it was like 165 i don't even see a number four or seven on the board i'm, I'm trying to is that an actual compliment or is that just uh, trying to fill the space there it's okay it's okay i got it i think he ended with well i vaccinated my kids i'm like then why the fuck are you arguing about this <laughs> That's good enough for my kids, but you know other people. <laughs> oh, Shut then... the fuck up, everybody! <laughs> oh no, feel free to pitch in. Oh. I'm just letting you know. This is Mithrin, author of the ABCs of Science and Mormonism, as well as I Should Start a Cult, and you're listening to the Atheist, no, the Godless <laughs> Revolution. That was so close.